again, I'll invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Galatians, chapter 1. Galatians, chapter number 1. If you go and you'll pass Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and go to Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, and then you'll find your way into Galatians. One way I always remember that is you got Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. One way I remember the order that they are is General Electric Power Company. <laughs> so that's how, always, that's how I remember the order. So if you go to Ephesians, you've gone too far. We're in the book of Galatians this morning. Now, this morning we're going to begin a series of six sermons, six weeks, uh, where we won't go... Usually like we do verse by verse through a book of the Bible, we're going to take chapter by chapter and we're going to look at some high points and some uh, pretty meaty uh, passages from each chapter for the next six weeks. And we'll begin this morning in the book of Galatians in chapter 1 verses 1 through 10. So when you find your place, Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 through 10, I'll invite you to stand if you're able to, as we honor the reading of God's Word. Galatians chapter number 1, beginning with verse number 1. And the Word of God says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven... Preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Let's pray. Father... We love you this morning, and we thank you for your word, and we are gathered together, Lord, to hear from you. This, Father, we have read your word, and we know that your word does not return void. For whatever reason, you have called us together this morning to hear this specific message on this specific day. And so, Father, I pray that you be glorified in this message. Jesus Christ be lifted up, and Lord, if he be lifted up, the Bible promises He says, I will draw all men unto me, all men unto himself. So, Father, I pray that you draw us this morning to your son, Jesus. Lord, may we have a closer walk with him. Lord, if there's one among us that is lost, may today be the day of their salvation. Lord God, hide me behind the cross. Give me the words to say as you anoint and fill me with your spirit that I preach as a dying man to dying people. Lord God, bless this message now in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you on the subject of taking the gospel seriously. Taking the gospel seriously. Now, if you've gotten to know me for any length of time, 
you might recognize that there's not a whole lot of things that I take seriously. I'm a pretty easygoing, joking kind of guy. I joked this morning about, well, let's have a moment of silence for LSU. <laughs> as, they, as they were slaughtered yesterday by Alabama. See, <clears throat> roll tide. I like to joke, especially when it involves my team slaughtering another team. I can joke about movies and I can joke about school and work. But there's one thing that if you've noticed that I don't joke about, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That is one thing. Listen, there we I look around and, and I hear a lot of people that claim to be Christians and we Oftentimes we'll make a lot of jokes about the Bible. Some things can be done in good taste. But when you joke and you laugh about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is something deathly wrong with that. Paul was that type of person as well. Paul took the gospel seriously. He went and he preached the gospel to the Galatians and he ministered to them. And they got saved and they grew up underneath his care and teaching. But then after he left, some people come in. They we would call them we call them Judaizers. And what they were doing, they were coming in and they were taking the words of Paul and the gospel that Paul had preached and they were saying, Yeah, Paul got half of it right, but they would they would even ridicule his apostleship. We're going to look at that. But they would say, Paul got part of it right, but there's more to the gospel than just simple faith. You've got to do some things. You've got to become Jews as well. You've got to do some works and add to what Jesus Christ did to maintain this salvation. And as Paul writes this letter, and we go through it, you're going to see... Paul uses some harsh words and some harsh metaphors to denounce the teachings of the Judaizers. And he goes to painstaking links to get the Galatians to recognize the importance and the seriousness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because there's no thing on this earth more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Politics are not important. Work is not as important. There's uh, children in the education system. Education is not as important as the gospel of Christ. You can be the smartest person in the world and you can still end up in hell. Or you can have the lowest IQ but have faith in Christ and spend eternity in heaven. There is a reason that we take the gospel seriously. This morning, I want us to notice a few things. Five things. Hopefully I can get through in time. If not, we'll be here for the we'll be here till the Pentecostals get out of Cracker Barrel. Amen. <laughs> Galatians chapter one. I'm joking. <laughs> we love our Pentecostal brethren. <laughs> But they know they have some long church services. <laughs> A few things I want us to notice. Number one, let's look at the man. This would be the Apostle Paul. 
he introduces himself in this letter as he does all of his other letters. He introduces himself as Paul. Uh, and he says he's an apostle. The phrase of the word apostle means one that is sent out. And that would be a, there, there could be general references to this. Uh, uh, the uh, Barnabas in Acts chapter 14, verse 14, he's called an apostle. It simply mean, means one that is sent out, sent out from uh, another place with authority. Paul would later write and he says, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are sent out with a message of Jesus Christ and from Jesus Christ. It means sent one. And, and there's also a sense that it's an office, the office of apostle. This would be when Jesus Christ called his disciples together. You can read about it in several of the Gospels. He calls all of his disciples together, all this big group of hundreds of people. And it says out of this group, he called unto himself 12 apostles. <coughs> And these apostles that he would pour his heart into for three and a half years, teaching them about the kingdom of God, teaching them about the uh, way of salvation, teaching them the true word of God. And he poured into them. And he gave them words. And Paul would also... After the death of Judas, Judas goes and hangs himself. The apostles then later gather in the upper room in the book of Acts and they select Matthias to fill his spot. And then later on we read in the book of Acts where Paul would be called as an apostle. The Judaizers would call into question the apostleship of Paul. If you look in the book of Acts in chapter 1, you see what these qualifications are. In Acts chapter 1, verse number 22, says that at the beginning from the baptism of John, unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must be one ordained, listen, to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So an important aspect of the apostleship was that you had to be a witness of the resurrection. The Judaizers would often call Paul's authority into question. So they would say Paul couldn't really be an apostle because he, he, he became an apostle way after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so therefore he couldn't possibly be one. And they were doing this to try and discredit the apostles' call and in a sense discredit the message that the apostle Paul had. As he went through the, the Gentiles and he preached uh, that you could be saved by grace through faith without any mixture of works, the Judaizers said, Paul's only getting half right because he's not truly an apostle. But Paul is quick to go and make mention of his testimony. We can read about his testimony in the book of Acts in chapter 9. We see Saul's conversion uh, to the apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 9 and verses 3 it says, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, 
What wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Then we drop down in verse number 10. He says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard uh, by this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. Listen. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. He has been commissioned, Jesus, by Paul has. He has been commissioned by the King of kings and Lord of lords to serve as a herald to preach the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he would go and he would preach that you're not saved by works. He would preach that you don't have to go and do the Old Testament laws. He would go and he would preach that the only way that a man can have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ is not by works of the law, not by works of the flesh, but by faith in Jesus Christ and by grace through Him alone. That was the way of salvation. That is the man that is preaching this message. That is the man that is uh, teaching and writing to the Galatian church. He is saying, I am not called by myself. He said, I didn't conjure this up, not of men, neither by man. He says, but it was by Jesus Christ and God the Father that I received my commission to go and preach the gospel. So what is this message that he has? We've seen the man. Now, number two, let's see the message. He says that was, he was not of man, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And he says in verse number 4, Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. The message, first of all, is about the Savior. Paul was a Christ-centered preacher. And any message that is not centered around the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a message. Any gospel that includes not Jesus Christ is no gospel. So Paul says this message is about Jesus Christ. It says, who gave himself for our sins? Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of the living God. Jesus Christ was not a created being. He was not the first of created beings. But Jesus Christ was and is the creator. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Not only is it about a Savior, but it is also about sin. It says in verse number 4, Who gave himself for our sins. That is central in understanding the gospel. You see, we live in a world now where 
Nobody believes in sin. Nobody believes that they could ever do any wrong. In fact, we live in a world now where people say, well, what might be right for you might not be right for me. That's right. What, what is good for me might not be good for you. You get your way and I'll get my way. So that's the life and that's the world that we live in. But here's the fact of the matter. The Word of God is completely against that. Who are we going to believe? The Word of God or are we going to believe the Word of man? Are we going to believe society or are we going to believe the Savior? Jesus Christ preached repentance, turning from your sin. Paul writes in Romans, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Paul wrote, Later on, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. Folks, there's not a person walking this earth that is not condemned and under the penalty of sin. We are all under the penalty of sin. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all are guilty of breaking the commandments. But it doesn't stop there. The gospel that Paul preached doesn't stop with just us being guilty for our sins. It it not only is about Jesus, the Savior, the eternal Son Son of God. It not only is about the fact that mankind is dead and trespasses and sins. But get this, it is also about sacrifice. In verse number 4 it says, Who gave Himself. Who gave Himself. You know what that tells me? Some people when they talk about Jesus, they'll... They'll say, oh yeah, we we believe that uh, Jesus was an actual person. We believe that Jesus was a good guy. He came and he did a lot of good things. And and, and, uh, just he he did so much that the Roman government, they just had to take him and, and kill him. And they look at it as if Jesus wasn't finished with what he was doing. And that the Roman government killed him. Can I say what the Word of God says? That Jesus says, no man takes my life from me, but I lay it down to myself. Amen. He says he gave him himself. He says that this message, this gospel is one. He says, no greater love is this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And that's what Jesus Christ did. He gave himself for us. Why? The last one is about the Savior, this message. It is about sin. And it is about a sacrifice that the Savior made for our sins. Why? To bring us salvation. Look what he says in verse number 4. That he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Like what John MacArthur says concerning this verse where he says, Jesus' death was a rescue operation. The only possible means of saving men from the doomed world and from the eternal death by providing them eternal life. That's the message that Paul had. Paul had a message for all of mankind. Why was this all for mankind? Because all were under the penalty of 
sin. All were under the punishment of sin and needed to be saved. And Jesus Christ came to this earth to die in our place on the cross of Calvary so that mankind can be saved when they put their faith and trust in Him. Why would He do that? Why would He put His life on the line? Because of love. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But what motivated Paul to do this, to preach the message? Verse number 5. We've seen the man. We've seen the message. This is the motive. Verse 5. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul was so excited about the gospel. He was so excited that after examining his life, remember, Paul says, basically he says, I was a Jew of Jews. He says, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I had everything going for me. He says, nobody could touch me concerning the law. But then he turns around and says, but I would not have known sin if it wasn't for the law. Paul looked at his life and he knew through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that he was a sinner condemned to die. That he would be unable to work his way into heaven to gain favor with God. And then he heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus saved him, knocked him off his horse, revealed himself to him, and saved him by grace. And since that day, Paul would never be the same. He would take this message to the world. Why? Because he was glorifying God in all this. He would go and he would preach basically the message, I'm not the man I used to be, but praise God, I am what I am now. The Judaizers. You say, this is, this is the passion that's driving Paul. This is the passion that makes the message of the gospel so serious in the eyes of Paul. The Judaizers, as they were coming in, and they were saying, no, you don't just accept Christ by faith. You've got to keep the Old Testament law. You've got to be circumcised. You've got to go through all these different rituals if you want to be saved and and maintain your salvation. And what really ticks Paul off about all of this is that the God-ordained message of Jesus Christ was being attacked. And listen, even a dog will bark when his master is attacked. Jesus, or Paul, when he saw the message of Jesus Christ attacked, he barked and he barked hard. We'll see some of the harsh language that he uses towards these Judaizers. The Judaizers were denying God's glory by adding to the gospel that he had ordained. And Paul said, no way, not on my watch. God will be glorified. We've seen the man. We've seen the message. We've seen the motive. Lastly, let's look at the manipulation. This is what the Judaizers were doing. Paul begins in verse number 6. He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed 
for him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. The word marvel is a, a really strong word. It's, it's just an amazement. It's, it's, it's Paul saying, I, I can't believe as much time as I put into preaching the gospel to you. As much time as I put into discipling you. I can't believe that you would be removed from all of that. That you are now following after another gospel. See, there was a defection that took place. These men and women of the church that at one time esteemed Paul. And you read it later on in Galatians. They, they, they esteemed Paul uh, even as Jesus Christ. It was a, when, they, when they looked at, at Paul and heard the message, they, they would say, man, it's as if Jesus Christ is right here in the midst of us. And they went from that to turning their back on Paul and the true gospel. There was this defection. But why was there a defection? Because of a deception. He says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Listen, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. There was this deception that was taking place. They were adding works of the law to the gospel of Jesus to maintain it and to maintain their righteousness. They would say, Paul got it half right. you got to take it a little bit further. Man, you've got to be circumcised. You've got to uh, keep the commandments. You've got to uh, take and, and observe the ordinances. You've got to observe the Sabbaths. You've got to observe the feasts. But Paul's saying, they might be saying that's the gospel. But that's not the true gospel. Can I say today that there's many gospels in the world? Let me give you a few of them. Today we have the prosperity gospel. Which teaches that you come to Jesus Christ and he makes all your dreams come true. He gives you wealth. He gives you health. He gives you prosperity. It's the message. Bow down before me and all this shall be yours. You say, man, that sounds great. Yeah. Even You even quoted scripture. Look in your Bible and see who actually said that. It was Satan that told Jesus, worship me. All of this, all the kingdoms, all the money, all the fame can be yours. But yet, that is a message that's being passed off as the gospel today. Then there's the social gospel. And what the social gospel does is that kind of puts the cart before the horse. Doing good in the community and... And, uh, and, and, and seeing uh, things move along in the community for, for the betterment of society, that's all good. But the social gospel says that these things is what's important. The social issues are important. Can I say that if somebody gets right with God, that the, we won't have to worry about the social issues because that will all fall into place? Because the gospel demands that we do good to others. There's also a sugar-coated gospel. 
That's the gospel that is preached without sin, without judgment. Everything just sounds good and sweet. So when you come to God, you're just coming to Him, not really for forgiveness of sins. You're not coming to Him to bow down and worship Him as Savior. You're coming to Him to just really add on another aspect to your life, such as joining a country club or something to that effect. Sugar-coated gospel. Then there's also a works-based gospel. This is basically what the Judaizers were teaching. Do this and you can be saved. The true gospel says Jesus did this so you can be saved. Then there's also a universal gospel which teaches that no matter what religion you are, you can be a Buddhist, you can be a Muslim, you can be a Hindu. You can even be an atheist. Just what you believe doesn't matter. All roads lead to God. All will be saved in the end. Cats and dogs will live together in harmony and We'll be able to see Bigfoot ride a unicorn across a rainbow. All because of this universal gospel. But all these, as in the first century when this letter was written, all of these are false gospels. They're deceptions that lead to damnation. Verse number 8, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. The gospels that are coming out today, false gospels, deceptive gospels, Gospels, they might sound good, but they lead to cursing and damnation, and they are of no help to an eternal soul. So Paul says in verse number 10, For do I now seek, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant. Christ. Paul could care less what the Judaizers had to say about him. But he said there's one thing. He says there's one thing you'll never be able to take away from me. He says that I am serving Jesus. He says I'm not serving man. That's what they were doing. They were doing all these things to bring to themselves glory. He would later on write and, and say that they would uh, bring that they would separate the Galatians. They would they would separate, bring the Galatians over here. They don't want the Galatians talking with other people. Why? Because they wanted all the glory 
for themselves. What we see in verse number 10 is Paul refusing to compromise on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is because the most important message that could be proclaimed today is the message that Jesus Christ saves. You can't save yourself. You'll never be able to be good enough to earn your way into heaven. You'll never be good enough to to even maintain your salvation. When Jesus saves you, the Bible says He maintains your salvation. It's by His grace and His mercy. We're given His righteousness. We are in His hands. And it is this gospel of Jesus Christ that is so important to Paul that he says this is no laughing matter. This is serious. The world can sit around and mock. And they'll make fun of us as Christians believing what they call absurd. In fact, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians about how they, about the foolishness of the gospel and what he was saying is that the world would call that foolish. The, the original Greek word was uh, the word where we get moron from. They're basically saying it's moronic. You're a moron to believe what Paul's preaching. Huh. It's foolishness to the world. They mock us. They deny. They laugh. According to verses 8 and 9 of our text, God will be the one with the last laugh. The gospel is too important for us to get it wrong. The gospel is not something that we earn, but it's something that is given to us as a free gift through faith. This morning I ask you, are you trusting in the true gospel? Or are you trusting in your own works righteousness? Have you come to to God thinking that he'll make all your dreams come true? When you hear a message about sin and judgment, do you say, that's not true of me? Folks, sin and judgment is something that must happen to everybody in one way or the other. Praise God, Jesus Christ took sin and judgment on the cross. And if we put our faith in him, we don't have to endure that. This morning, Paul refused to compromise the gospel because it is too important to miss. Which gospel are you trusting in? Works righteousness or God's righteousness? Maybe you're here and you're trusting in your own good deeds. Your own self to gain entrance and favor with God. Maybe you're here and that speaks to you and you've heard this message and now you're saying, you know what? I've gotten it wrong. I've been in church my whole life and I've been thinking that it's all been something that I could do. You mean to tell me that I can't do anything? No, it's what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. (laughs) Just put him in by faith. Accept him. 
and look to Him for, for salvation through faith. Maybe this morning, you've never trusted in Jesus Christ. And you're hearing this message of the gospel. And this time, it's convicting you more than ever. Don't put aside that feeling of conviction. But give in to the Spirit. Let Him draw you. and Let Him uh, convict you of your sin. and Accept Christ by faith. As we all stand down here at the front and be more than happy to show you how you can be saved through the Word of God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're needing a church home and you've never joined a church. We'd be more than happy to have you join with our family here. Or maybe you're here this morning and say, you know what? I've been saved, but I've never been baptized. And I would love to follow Jesus Christ's example and be obedient to him through baptism. However the Lord has dealt with you this morning. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast. I hope you'll join us again next time with Rick Clark Ministries.